0: Bryce and Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition. Make a donation to the PA Breast Cancer Coalition Care Package Program at paBreastcancer.org. Big Barker therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com/ricky. And Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, on the show today. Um, a double Colangelo, really. The uh, we have calangelo a double, a relationship. A yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Colangelo. Yeah. It's actually triple Colangelo. So there's a Colangelo relationship advice update. There's a new Colangelo relationship advice, and it's the two year anniversary of the Brian Colangelo saga. Really yeah. just me wanting to set you up to talk about that again because <laughs> I think it's your best subject <laughs> to me. Um what a Sixers championship would look like during a pandemic. Uh the uh, the official we we got a great email that we we're supposed to get to last time, but uh, Butch Walker got to the uh, the podcast early and spent uh, like an hour and ten minutes with us, so we never got to it. The official rules for signing free agents um, from one of our Australian listeners, and another top twenty food list this time from Andrew Unerberger. Just want to go over some of the highlights of that. Um, uh oh and uh this isn't this uh, Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast, not sponsored by uh LL Pavorsky, but we had one seventy-three and one seventy-four um over the last two weeks. So Rice Ricky Sanchez um engagement ring purchases, both um both fans of Philly gift cards uh, to good. them as well. Yeah. With with the store not even fucking open. So doesn't matter. Well done. Yep, doesn't matter at all. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is, I am looking at for the first time on a uh, weekend morning mm. as we record the podcast after almost seven years. That is Mike Levin. Yeah,
1: What's I've up, been, Mike? I've been sitting, not for all seven, I've been sitting in this exact position, but uh, <laughs> pretty close. And it is a it is a real ramshackle um, situation here. Uh but we're gonna do it. I'm not looking at myself so, and I'm not looking at you i'm have, i have i have that screen tabbed in the deep tab that i uh, have no interest in but uh
0: i i wait. I think I need to put out at least a screenshot of this just come so on see it Come on yeah. you promised so we're we're using this new thing where we can record. I want to be able to put the podcast on YouTube, right? So um, we're using this new platform, and I don't want to name them yet because I don't know if it works well or not yet, but we're, we're using this new platform where uh, Mike and I can see each other as we record, and, uh, and it records the video. And I had never seen Mike. The only time we had ever seen each other as we recorded a podcast on the internet was when we did it with uh, Mootlu and Amos. A few weeks ago yeah in the, and in the zoom. Um, yeah. but that was on zoom and it was in the evening this is the first time i've heard mike early in the morning for several years but this is the first time i've actually seen him in
1: all its glory
0: in all its glory <laughs> hair morning hair no shirt um so uh it would be um i think uh ridiculous at this point to um to not mention um you know to start off the podcast and not mention what's gone on in our uh, in our country here for the last few days um, in not only in our country but in the the respective cities which we live obviously Philadelphia which m- most of our listeners are from and you in Los Angeles and pretty much every major and and a lot of non major cities in uh, in the United States yeah the uh, the protests and and uh, what has happened as a result of those um, so far, uh, because of the the killing of uh, of george floyd um, and I wanted to to make sure that we acknowledge that um did you, was was there anything that I, I know what i think and and how I feel um which is overall just sadness you know from the from the beginning part of this um, to now um, but I was wondering if there was something that you wanted to say
1: yeah I mean we have a, a little platform here so I feel like it's Mm -hmm. impossible not to say something um
0: yeah
1: and we're not uh the people that should be doing most of the talking since we're not the group Mm -hmm. of people that are being uh continuously persecuted and attacked and uh murdered in overwhelming numbers um but just to say something and and obviously I've been uh, speaking out on social media and retweeting I think real, more relevant voices than mine and donating to uh, various bail funds um, and there's other ways to do it. I'm just doing some cursory Google searching if you want to find ways to donate. Um, it's just uh, I would encourage people to educate yourself. Uh, my f- One of my favorite books on the subject is The New Jim Crow uh, if, you, if you're interested in, in reading further about this but Um, black people in this country have been, uh, crying out for decades and decades that this has been happening. Uh, they've been, uh, unjustly targeted by police for years, and I just couldn't empathize with them more for how they feel about it, for wanting a better world for their children and feeling scared when their children leave the house, um, that something bad could happen. and uh, when frustration builds like this, obviously Colin Kaepernick was engaging in very peaceful, very, I mean, I not, not small because it's a big gesture, but like relatively contained
0: right. protest yeah, as yeah. far
1: as just taking a knee on the field um, of a silly game uh, for the national anthem to uh, shine a light on. Um, use of force by police departments across the country and, um, then nothing happens. And, uh, a lot of police departments are still allowed to operate with impunity and they show up to protest with riot gear and ready to engage. Now there's, we've also seen in various cities, including Camden and and Flint, Michigan and Santa Cruz that like police, some police departments have at least for yesterday or the day before, like shown up and, um, engaged with protesters on a healthy level and walked and mm-hmm. walked with them and uh and took a knee with them and in in solidarity because of uh george floyd's murder was was uh, for a lot of people i think there's been a bunch of wake-up calls but everybody gets there when they get there um to to how how bad it can be and how bad it has been um but a lot of play a lot of people a lot of police departments weren't uh i've just around the country everywhere um, it should be de-escalating not uh, not making things worse in a lot of places you saw them just making things worse And so I just feel for the communities affected um, I, I I respect and appreciate all the Sixers that have been standing up and saying stuff from uh, Matisse and Tobias and Ben and uh, Josh Richardson I'm probably forgetting I didn't see everything but I um, I thought Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon had really uh great things to say. It's just a really uh sad situation. And I'm glad on the one hand that it is getting the necessary attention it deserves. But um uh, it's just it's just really sad that this has to keep happening. Um and I feel for the people affected. And I uh especially as you'll find out in our Cornblow ad, I I really don't give a shit about buildings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the um the The thing that you said to start about us not being the you know we're we're not the marginalized and we're not uh, you and I are lucky enough not to have fear in those situations I think is really important i th- I thought when you know. Ike uh, Reese. Um, yeah, I wanted to were, shout out Ike
1: Reese also. I thought he said some yeah. great stuff. I listened to that. Sorry. Go keep going.
0: Yeah. 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 So if you want to listen, just go to my Twitter, the WIP Twitter. We posted what Ike said on the air on Friday. And, you know, I hold Ike in very, very, very high regard as a person and as also a teammate and, uh, you know, somebody who. Um, has now been a radio host longer than he was a football player. You know, like he is a, uh, you know, I, I have been at uh, the radio station for you know seven years or whatever. Um, but I've known Ike longer than that, and I've never had a better uh, teammate. And I, I've known very few people that I would put in the same regard as I put Ike. Um, and he, there are very few people that I think can speak. Um, you know, from a, a personal level on this, in the way that that he can, um, that I work with, and he he spoke on Friday about it, and I thought it was really prescient, and I thought it was, you know, Ike has sons um, that he he fears for, and um, I thought it was it was a really like um, smart and emotional and um, and honest. Thing that he said and it reminded me how hollow a lot of other words ring when you hear somebody talk about it who is specifically affected by it yeah. even though we are all affected by it on a in a in a macro level mm-hmm. on a micro level he is affected by it like that and um, I guess what I would would say is that um, a lot of what you said no, know what you're talking about, know what you're donating to and support those who need support right yeah. now. And it seems really like uh it seems really clear that like the one thing that all religions and all laws and all people seem to agree on is that killing somebody is not cool, right? It's like that is fucked up. Like mm-hmm. that is not something that we're cool with and it it seems like the um the that 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 should be something that we can all agree upon. And uh, you know, I uh, I'm not a prayer, but um, my my thoughts and my heart are with the people who are affected by this. And um, I, and uh, the the last thing I would say is because you mentioned Kaepernick, and I think what people got wrapped up in Kaepernick is that he. Was not perfect, right? Like his message that he was trying to get across was great, and then he, there were diversions where people were like, "Well, what about this T-shirt he wore or these socks he wore?" And mm-hmm. like, they were, they were, they were. Like the people are not perfect in the world. I, I remember Obama said this several months ago. Like the world is messy, and I I remember I, I was watching last night that that eight minutes that Killer Mike spoke from run the jewels yeah and he was universally praised for and and i thought it was really smart and i remember like two years ago people were emailing me telling me that we needed to take off run the jewels because killer mike is a pro second amendment guy like he's a he's a gun guy and he's a you know in our communities we need to have this to protect ourselves thing and it was just watching him being praised last night and i thought he deserved to be praised was a reminder that like not all messages and messengers are going to be perfect right now. Totally. You know, and you're, you are you know, you're like, you're going to, you're going to see protests and you're going to see people like fucking stealing things from stores. And you're going to be like, well, wait a minute, that's fucked up. Like, why are they doing that? And it is fucked up, but it's also not the, like the grant, don't, don't lose yourself in the minutia of who threw the rock through the window Yes, or, you know what I mean? Like the problem is that like people... Are hurt by people of position of power, and we are not doing enough to fix those things and and protect them. And um, and like these are people that we all know. These are not just people in you know low income neighborhood. These are pe- like every person who is African American when they go out is worried that if they get fucking pulled over that this is going to happen. Now that does not mean that every police officer is gonna do that, but it means that if they have to worry about that, that's fucked up. So I guess what I would say is that not every message is going to be perfect, not every messenger is going to be perfect, but keep our eyes on the importance of what has happened and what we need to fix. And um, I think if we do that, we are less likely to um, be defined by our division on these issues and more likely to be defined by what we all agree is wrong, you yeah. know? And um, um, I, I think, last thing, last thing, and then I'll stop, is my, my wife said to me as this was happening, she's like, wow, she was like, even looking on Facebook, this seems like the George when, when George Young was killed, um, this seems like the first thing that everybody seems to agree on was fucked up. You know, like everyone's on the same page. And then just give it three days for us to find a way to like to disagree on on everything and totally. I would just ur- urge everybody to keep your eye on what is important
1: yeah to, you know. for sure and I think that a lot of that is in the news coverage of it and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that is in social media companies that sort of benefit from that division um, but I think I appreciate you saying uh, what you said about keeping your eye on the ball and and, and not letting the other stuff cloud it and the, the final thing I'll add is just, you know, you mentioned Killer Mike and, and Ike Reese, and uh, you know a ton of other people that I've been just listening to and 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 reading over the past few days and stuff. And it's it's amazing and and unfortunate how we ask um, black people in trauma f- for this over and over again to have to speak out in such like perfect, mm-hmm. um, impassioned, artful. Um, Words, in a time when they're just struggling so much, and even just you hear me sort of futzing through, trying to say anything at all. And I'm just talking to you on a podcast right now. I'm not in front of cameras. I'm not like yeah making a final statement. It's and I just well, want. And by the I'm, way, you've I'm,
0: been doing this for like seven years. Totally. You know, like you are you are trained in some way to do this, and it's still not easy. No,
1: it's a hard thing. It's yeah. hard thing to talk about, and I, and I can only imagine how hard it is for them. And I just want to, uh you know, my heart goes out, and I'll just keep donating and keep doing what I can to elevate uh, voices that, that are speaking out about this. So thank you for giving it the time and for what you said. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And, and you mentioned social media, like this is not, this is not like an opportunity for, you know, like recreational, uh, uh, activism. Like this is, this is, we need like real, you know, like make, make there make there be meaning behind what you're doing. Like everybody, yeah. if you, if you care enough to tweet, um, and if you care enough to say something on Instagram or Facebook, like you should care enough to like to to understand the problem and and to to advance the solution. Yeah, so, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by a, uh, a different sponsor, a brand new one today, Mike, the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition. I love that. Yeah. So this is actually an interesting thing how they came to sponsor today uh, because. It ended up helping two causes at once. We donated a commercial on a uh, for an auction for the Providence Animal Center, and somebody bought the commercial and donated it to the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition. Wow. So yeah, so helping two at once. So uh, the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition is actually really really interesting. I was uh, I was on the phone with them for a while and. You know, one of the things we talked about was that a lot of the um, disease-focused, I guess, charities focus on uh, research, and and that's great, and research is super important, and Pennsylvania Breast Co- Cancer Coalition does that, but I think sometimes when people donate to things like that, they just say, it just says research, and it goes out up into this, like, cloud of research and they don't even know what it does. They assume Mm -hmm. that people are researching anyway, right? You know? Yeah. Um, So one thing that they do that I thought was super interesting was a program called Friends Like Me. And what Friends Like Me does is, is they send out these care packages to women who are diagnosed with breast cancer in their first six months. So they send out these care packages that have like resources, you know, like about treatment and surgery and dealing with it. They send out head wraps. They send out cosmetics that are safe for them to use as they go through treatment. Um, it comes with face masks and cool packs and hand sanitizers and books and all of that stuff. Um, so they, they find uh, women who are diagnosed with a breast cancer and they send these to them right away. So they have... So I guess these women now feel like somebody, there's so many questions, right? When something like this happens and it not only provides answers to some of the questions, but it also provides things to help you get through. And I thought that was a really neat thing to do because it's tangible, you know? Um, I always like a,
1: I always like a tangible thing and it's good to hear, you know, that's why I like Coda by kids so much is that there's like a, there's like a tangible thing that's happening. Um, Right. Obviously there's plenty of intangible things that we want to happen in the world, but Sometimes a tangible thing is just nice.
0: Yes. Uh, It's the same with the, as we were talking about Providence Animal Center. I can go there and I can see the the animals that are getting help because of this. Mm -hmm. So they send out more than 1,300 of these care packages um, every year. And, you know, I was mentioning to them, too, I have a, a coworker. Um, whose wife was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and a very serious form of breast cancer, they actually started a podcast uh, to a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer and her friend who was also diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, it's called Making the Breast of It. It's uh, They've been going for like six months now. It's really, really good. But any in any case, um, each box of these that they send out costs about a hundred bucks to fill and ship to women across the state. And they get... Um, They get these care packages and they remind these women that nobody is is in this fight alone. So if you'd like to make a donation to the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition's care package program, go to pabreastcancer.org. That is pabreastcancer.org. And if you're in this situation um, or a loved one is in this situation, you'd like to request one of these care packages, go to pbcc.me friends. That is pb cc.me slash friends. So the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition doing great work. Thank you so much for your support of us. Um, and then whoever supported the Providence Animal Center who then in turn, instead of supporting a specific, their own business supported the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Coalition. So that's great. Great stuff, yeah, great stuff. Back to the Ricky. Okay, well on to and, and our, uh, you know, like, so we are here to um, to amuse you. And I think probably one of the best ways to amuse you is to sort of um, uh, set Mike off on the two-year anniversary of the Brian Colangelo Burner account story. What a transition. Yeah, I want to bring up two things. Uh, First, an email. And then something that I, I don't think I ever totally realized, and it's funny because it's somebody who works for us now or works with us. So the first thing is the email. This comes from J.A., Dear Ricky, which I think is a funny way to address (laughs) us, almost like the way that a spam email would address us, Um, you know, about our SEO, Uh, being that this is the anniversary of the Colangelo Twitter fiasco, what do you think Eric Jr. would say about the players this season? Uh, Why? And also, why are people who used to be late and blamed it on traffic still late to their Zoom meetings? Stay safe, everyone. (laughs) J.A.
1: That's a great question. Yeah. I was on Who time. Would, I was on time for this. I will say
0: my alarm <laughs> four I minutes earlier
1: and that did all the difference.
0: Yeah. What, what do you, is there anyone on the current team that, that, uh, that Eric Jr. would have a problem with? Do you think?
1: I think, uh, Eric Jr. would be hinting at like, uh, Horford, like secrecy. There was something that we didn't know that someone was pushing like above our pay grade or whatever. And Uh, That he actually has, you know, a fake leg or something. Um, (laughs) I think it would love Matisse because obviously he traded everything he had to get up, to move up four spots and get him or whatever it was. Um, Would definitely take credit for Shake um, and would 100% pawn Zaire off on somebody else. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I wonder, I, I would also love to know which one of the characters would know, would like uh, which one of the things, which one of the players. Uh, the other thing that I don't think I, so I, I I remember this time with a lot less clarity. And somebody asked that we post a, this is the funniest thing to ask for. Um, and people thought it was a good idea. You, hey, you should take all of the Brian Colangelo controversy podcasts and like put them into one and release that. And all I can think is like, they're on the feed. I, uh, what, They're there. What do you need me to do that for? Um, but I don't remember that era with very much clarity and especially the, the Twitter sleuthing of all of it. Like I remember Legs, obviously. I remember Sixers Adam, but I don't remember until he posted... His tweet about it, that it was Sixers Adam that found that did the recover password thing, and found out that all of the accounts went back to Brian Colangelo's <laughs> personal email account, and that the number, the phone number, recovery phone number, all ended in uh, ninety one, and the the tweet. Hold on, I want to get it so I can read it to you. It's very funny. Um, hold on. I got a Sixers Adam tweets a lot, so it'll take me a minute to to find it. But his his tweet where he he found out um, what was going on. Hold on. He's got a lot of fucking tweets. Um, Oh, sorry, Brian. Got you. (laughs) I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) Went to reset password and tried three of his burners. Every single one has a phone number ending in 91. This is clearly not a coincidence. Note, I cropped out Colangelo's email address from the picture. The tweet now has, and I think it had like a half of these before he retweeted it, 9,000 likes, 3.1,000 retweets. Um and he said, Well, today is to the two-year anniversary of what is certainly my most difficult to explain tweet. Got you. From a 16-year-old. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he was at Got the time. You. Sorry, Brian. Got you. He should have yeah. posted
1: a picture of himself with that. This <laughs> kind of smirking, kind of with not like a little profile, like kind of head turned to the side a little. Got you.
0: And and, and so, so poetic and apropos that we would end up hiring him to, <laughs> uh, to write for the website. Like there is, it was eventually going to happen. Um, so it,
1: I think this is the best story in sports history.
0: I wow. Do. Number I do.
1: one. Because yeah. there's no one's like, look, is there, is, is there a victim in this? probably his wife is a victim in this that's Mm -hmm. that's a bummer uh his dad is his dad is definitely not a victim in this Embiid took it in stride the the players I think are are fine I don't think that they're maybe Okafor was pissed or something I'm sure Embiid was pissed but like once once it was over I'm sure he was fine with it um Probably his wife is a victim because I don't believe that she operated all the burners and she essentially took all of the blame. Uh, his dad, I'm not going to give you know I don't feel bad for him for a second. I probably feel bad for his son a little bit because he didn't choose to be
0: yeah
1: uh, in that position. I'm sure you feel bad for him as a, as a son. Uh, you, you're always you fucking oh. left quickly with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a
0: agreement. public son.
1: <laughs> Pu- public son. I feel bad a little a little bad for a public son. Um, but there's there's no fan bases like that are sad about that. You know, there's no, there was no Mm -hmm. like, you know, in a, in an amazing game in the, you know, Cleveland, uh, golden state finals. That was incredible. That went seven. Uh, like people were sad when that, when they lost, you know, and and plenty of moments people are sad when someone is the winner, someone's loser. There's really no losers in this. It was just like the perfect level of, uh, you reap what you sow. And, it was on such a public stage that everyone just got to enjoy it. And I, I think it's the best sports story of all time. It's, it's like so, a combination of harmless and like uh, internet sleuthy from like a 1998 movie that when the internet yeah. was like just being found out um, and intrigue and, and what it like organizational tectonic plate shift. It's like, it's just the perfect thing. It was really a culmination. I know things have happened since that have been, uh, on varying levels of insanity for Brian or for the t- for the team also, but I think Brian, there's we're going to look back at this era, and that is going to be the shining light of like just what things were like then, and it's, I, I and, think, it's and it's touching yeah, to me.
0: Yeah, I I think it is the story out of all of the things we've talked about over the last uh, three quarters of a decade that will grow as time grows. I you one thing that you've always said is that we don't give it enough credit. We don't talk about it enough, and it's I impossible agree with too. you. It's so crazy. it's and and I've said this before. It's both so crazy and so I get it. like I understand it. i i there's no defense of it, but it and it's very in the moment. It's very like, like of this time. And I think as we look back on this. This the the legend of it will only grow, and I also think that there are obviously there's obviously one piece of information that there will thing there will be things that will happen that will make us revisit it that will be hilarious. One thing will be, we will find out who the fucking source was. You think? I I, I believe I, I truly believe deathbed and confession. Because well maybe this person will be on their deathbed. Like maybe it'll be like. Like fucking deep throat with Watergate or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then and then there is the Brian Calangelo gets another job. And then there's the uh I I don't hope for this, but I can't imagine that a marriage (laughs) I mean, I just have to imagine there will be a tell all from You gotta think. They've been I there was a ninety one. I think I said this
1: before, but there was a there was a prop bet of if their marriage would stay together, which is a little too invasive for me. It's cr- it crosses some level yes. of the line, so I didn't do it, uh-huh. but yeah. uh, my buddy Aaron did, and uh, he said oh. that they would stay together, and he won money off them staying together.
0: Oh, is, ri- oh! So there was a there was like what was the ending? Will the, they year? will they
1: last the the end of the year kind of thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, credit it's wild.
1: Credit I do think to- I do think there needs to be a full like we've talked about a 30 for 30 now i now i'm demanding a last dance sort of 10 episode i need i also need the country whenever the last whenever this documentary is ready i need the country to be shut down so that no one else has anything else to do (laughs) other than focus on this and i need the vernegade to be at least an episode at least
0: yeah i mean i think yes i mean for his for brian colangelo's reign as, uh, as president of basketball operations for the Sixers, to start with his dad hiring him. And, and get, you know, one thing, who was I talking to about it? I think I was talking to, oh, this is actually uh, two things that I didn't. The Brian Colangelo original press conference, I was talking to Joe DeCamera about this, was way more contentious than I believe that Josh Harris or Brian Colangelo thought that it was going to be. You know, like I think they thought it was going to, everything was going to be fine because they had a, a basketball guy at the helm and the reporters were like, I don't know, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> um, but as I was talking to him, I had no idea that, that John Gonzalez ran for like fucking Congress. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I had no idea. The camera said it to me and I was like, ah, now nah, you're thinking about some other uh, John Gonzalez. No, um, he ran, I ran, no ran for Congress in Texas. So Gonzalez, I told John, I told Gonz. Not only did Gonz run for Congress, but John Ritchie, former Eagles fullback who now does uh, middays for WIP, ran for state senate in PA, uh, wow. and they both lost. So <laughs> yes. I think a Gonz and lost Ritchie by, ticket, lost by a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: he ran as an a independent, Gons- and I think did it as a journalistic endeavor. And then, I, and then the way he tells it, started to believe that he could win. <laughs> Which I feel like Ritchie I would do. One day.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, uh for for his reign as Sixers uh, president to start with his dad hiring him with a shitty press press conference to end with a law firm that specializes in these types of things That's discovering right. that he and his wife were the ones behind the accounts and eventually losing his job that way is the most ridiculous thing in the yeah, in the history of sports, mm-hmm. I, I I can't even imagine it. There's no better way for his reign to end. No, I don't think
1: the yeah. basketball guy gets undone by his tweets. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. I'll uh, tell you. I'm glad. I'm glad that it happened. I feel like I'm a better person because of it. I also want to. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this. I would love to be paid to write that movie. If anyone mm. out there wants the Brian Colangelo movie made. Uh, about the burners and wants to maybe get the rights to I don't know Ben's article or Someone needs to write a book for it that we get the rights to and then hire me to do it That would be a dream come true. So just you know file that in there
0: Hmm, I, I would love that as well. I would encourage somebody to hire you to write that
1: it'd be well. like it would have to be like a Burn after reading style film You can't you can't that. you can't play it on the it's too weird to be just generic all the president's men Although it'd be funny if, if it was treated with that level of seriousness.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a serious thing, I guess, and also ridiculous. Yeah. The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the official uh, law firm of the process. Um, that is Adam Cassabi Or no, that's not Adam Kasebi. It's Adam Cornblow. We have so many Adams. We have Sixers Adam, Adam Kasebi, Adam Cornblow, Kornblow and Kornblow, the official law firm of the process, Mike, I can guess, uh, that given what has happened over the last few days that there are small businesses who are in contact with their insurance companies, um, and having trouble with insurance companies and, uh, I would suggest that uh, if you're having trouble, even though I have not asked Adam if he'll help with this, my guess is that he will help with it. If you're you're having trouble with an insurance company um, due to this or due to business interruption insurance because of COVID nineteen or anything, reach out to Cornblow.
1: Um, I think that's he, a great suggestion. Is Adam yeah. does Adam have like a like an attack dog mentality that we don't see?
0: Oh, he does. So. Um, so like so he seems when you you've met him right so he he seems in person to be sort of reserved i incredibly guess incredibly reserved,
1: reserved handshake everything about his initial presence is is that is that of a reserved man i want to hear so the he, opposite now
0: he saves it for like <laughs> this shit he I, saves i'm it. telling Yeah, I am telling you, when I have had conversations with him about this, because I have had conversations with him about, so their specialty, they've been around for 40 years, is personal injury. So they they are a personal injury law firm, but not one of the huge sort of like referral service ones that you see on billboards or or here. You know, when you, we always say, and it's true, when you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you get a Cornblow. you probably at this point, uh, because he's not in the office yet probably until June 5th, uh, or just, if you call the phone number, you're gonna get Adam's cell phone. Um, But when I've, so I've dealt with him a couple of times on small businesses that we are uh, friendly with, um, who had things where they they needed help. And he turns into a fucking maniac in a good way. Um, There was a certain point where I remember on, I was on the phone with him and I was like, Adam, this is not for me. I don't need you to tell me everything that's going to happen here. I just need you to help this person out. Um, and he does it, but he has such a deep understanding for what he's doing. And he has such a intense commitment to making sure that people are treated the right way. And I think a lot of times personal injury lawyers are get, a, get the rap that, you know, you hear like the quote unquote ambulance chaser or whatever. But a lot of times when people are hurt, whether it's medical malpractice or injured at work, or whatever, they're like they have something coming to them. You know, they miss work or they uh, they are in pain the rest of their lives and somebody is at fault for this, you know? And um, I think it's important that there's somebody there who understands, who's not just looking to make a buck or something, who understands that people need help in those sort of situations and they're confusing times and I think he is somebody who does that sort of thing. So, and you can tell where... You know, the, a lot of the people who's helped for us do not have uh, personal injury cases, right? Like they have, whether it's like business interruption insurance or the thing that I was dealing with, uh, uh, another lawsuit, or not me personally, but the, the business that I referred to him. You know, he helps them and does not does not ask them for money, you know, whether it's a referral or whether it's some advice. And he he really cares about all the people that we send to him. And he's a, a conscientious, a conscientious, smart, um, and aggressive person. And that is, I think, what you would want if you wanted a lawyer for um, for personal injury or otherwise. So Absolutely. I think that was a good endorsement, right? Yes, you know? I'm so, uh, Yep, so you're gonna call him even though you don't even have a problem with an insurance company currently, just in case. 215 576 7200. 215 576 7200. As Mike has said, I am doxing him by giving out the number that goes (laughs) directly to his cell phone right now. Uh, 215 576 7200. uh, Or email, cornblow at cornblowandcornblow.com. Cornblow at cornblow at cornblowandcornblow.com. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. So, we have. Oh, should we talk about the thing
1: that we talked about? Should we start promoting that?
0: Well, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I. I would. I would like to. Um, yeah, I feel I,
1: like well, we're kind of on the subject. Okay. Um. I can. I'll set it up if you want to okay. chime in. Sure. Um, sure. I'm reluctant to do these kinds of things generally because I don't like. It feels kind of showy, and it feels sort of, you know, very uh, navel gazing at myself. I. Don't, I only like navel gazing in the sense of uh, this podcast and things we write about. I don't like to. Make my you know career more the subject of it, unless I'm asking you guys to watch our shows. Um,
0: but just just as a, a quick aside, we wear our own t-shirts to our events, <laughs> like fucking Iron Maiden wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts. To Iron is, Maiden that
1: not, is that not is that not is that a cool thing? I don't know.
0: Well, I'm just saying it's it's very it's limited to a very small group. I wore of, a uh, a sweater
1: to to, Minnes- to Minnesota,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not a Ricky shirt. And people ragged on me for it. And so I was like, I guess I have to do it. People were like, hey, nice sweater, dweeb. I'm like, it's my fucking podcast. What are we doing? People were really call me out for that sweater. And I was like, it's a nice sweater also. Uh, and, uh, and so now I was like, all right, I guess I'll just wear it. I don't know. I got bullied into wearing our own stuff. So that's what we do. Um, anyway... Uh, as most of you guys know, some people are new to the podcast, I was uh, fortunate and insanely lucky and uh, very uh, strangely um, asked to develop a show with my writing partner, Patrick Kang, based on uh, the life of Ben Simmons and his uh, half-brother, Sean Tribe, um, and their family. And uh, we worked with LeBron James's production company on it and ended up selling the pitch to NBC with Warner Brothers. Um, and then, uh, so we wrote a script and had a great time and it was cool. And those guys were great collaborators and just really easy to work with. Um, and then NBC made the mistake of not picking it up. Um, and so it, it just has been sitting there dead and everything, which is kind of how these things go. Um, but, uh, because we have nothing else going on and there's no sports, uh, we were thinking, um, about, Making the script available for some amount of donation to our charities, um, and we'll send out the script to people who pay like a certain like not that much. Um, what we we're gonna say five bucks or something? That what we were saying. Yeah, I
0: think five bucks is fair. We yeah. donate five
1: bucks, it goes to our charities. Uh, Eric Jr. would probably say that we're keeping the money for ourselves, but where we would not be, we would be donating it to the charities, um, and uh, and you get the script, which is uh, I think oh, pretty good. And you would uh, maybe like it, um, and it's a uh, thirty-one or thirty-two pages of a uh, nice network comedy uh, about Ben and his brother. That not, it's not those aren't the characters, but they're certainly you'll be able to tell. Um, very uh, inspired by them. So, and it's about you know it's Sixers, and there's a lot of, it's set in Philly, and there's a lot of Philly-based jokes that me and Pat, who went to uh, North Penn. Um really had a fun time doing. It. it was really it was kind of a dream come true. It would have been really dope to shoot it, but we didn't get to do that but uh we have a cool script and got paid for it and worked with Ben and that was dope So anyway, you'll be able to read it
0: uh that is huge news I think I have not yet read it now we did talk about we'll have did you say this we'll have Abby do like a, oh no a, an say this. Art? yeah. So we'll have Abby do like a little art thing. Um, yep. And we will, it'll be all for charity. And then I, I want to read it and then talk to you and Patrick about it. Like, I feel like I need a deep dive after I read sure.
1: it. Sure. I don't think that you're, you're, this is just not your sensibility, right? You're not a network comedy guy.
0: Um, no, not in, in general. Um, I am, I've, I've told you the comedies now I love the office. Um, and like back in the day, I like network comedies, but as I've gotten older, I I haven't like, I have told you that one of my favorite comedies on TV over the last decade is Wilfred, which nobody fucking Mm -hmm. ever watched. And Mm -hmm. I like, um, Val picked this, uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, comedy from Netflix, which I've enjoyed so far. Okay. Um, which is about his, wife dying and him like basically threatening to kill himself, uh, all the time and thinking it's hilarious. Right. Uh, so I like, and what was the, other, I love the end of the fucking world, but network comedies not really specifically my thing. All right. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it's you, yeah. so it makes it different, you know? Um, so why don't we, we'll set a, what is it? It's May 31st. We'll give it. Yeah. The season uh, doesn't a start weeks. for, a,
1: for two months. So maybe, yeah. Two any, months. End of yeah. June or something, we'll, we'll make it available so we'll we'll figure it out but that's going to happen
0: big news big news it's almost sports yep so close to sports sports. yet you know when they announced when the nba announced july 31st is the target date i started laughing i'm like that's 10 more weeks yeah just gotta keep um, going
1: head down and keep going
0: yeah we'll be fine it, and you know what's crazy is the the amount of time the teams will have been off is a basically is basically the, the exact amount of time of a normal off season so yeah. we will have gone through the time of they, they definitely are not starting the next season until December I think totally I think totally, think totally. pretty clear
1: so anyway in about a month brotherly love script yes. will be available
0: awesome um, very excited for that very Great. exciting
1: and then you guys can Determine if I'm shitty at this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: you know, Are, laid, yeah, out, laid out, out for editing. everyone to see.
0: Yeah. Um, should we? Your choice. Do you want to just do Brian Colangelo relationship advice, or do you want to go to quickly to AU's top twenty food list? Right, that, an I, I got to
1: do the food list. list. I haven't read it because I wanted you. I thought you were going to do it to me on the pod, so I was, I was, I'm coming in clean.
0: Oh, I would happy. So, so under burger texts me and he's like, hey, for this week, I think I need to do, are you okay with me doing an answer to Sixers Adam's food list? And I'm like, you mean Sixers Adam's food list that has more traffic than any Sixers thing that Sixers Adam has ever written for us? Yes, but feel free. Um, uh, So he did it. And his intro is, what what I enjoy about both of their food lists is that Sixers Adam's is very Sixers Adam. He gets right to the fucking point um, it's very weird, very weird list. Both lists made my wife very mad. Sixers um, Adam is
1: kind of a hello guy, isn't he?
0: Yes, the like, way that legs a, like Legs. Major yeah. upset. Yeah, actually, uh, I heard from. I got a text from Legs yesterday, who um, says that he never knows what music to listen to, so he ends up listening to the same things. But he likes listening to artists about their their process and how they come up with it. So they, he listened to the Butch Walker thing and he started listening to that. And he, he had all this new music to listen to. So it was nice to hear that we uh, we helped out Legs. Very a little nice. Bit. Um, so, yeah, Sixers Adam, uh, definitely a hello guy. But so he, he does this list, which is tremendous, you know, sort of sets the internet on fire. And AU, in his his, I would say that his intro to his list was probably 600 words. Like that's, <laughs> that's that's the AU. So he says in his list, which is on rightsarikisanchez.com and brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding, um, get 9.1% off your first order with kinetic skateboard at KineticSkateboarding.com. Ben from kinetic asked me for Weber, Weber's phone number yesterday. He said he had commented about a about a pair of sneakers. He was trying to find him. Wow. So, yeah.
1: bet Weber's gonna get a fucking screenplay from Ben from kinetic right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, love kinetic. Love all their shit, man. Uh, KineticSkateboarding.com, Nine point one percent guys. off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. Uh, so, AU writes first. The most important question: What is food? according to Sixers Adam. Again, it sounds like an easy answer, but in truth, it couldn't be more complex. If you asked me a month ago to list my all-time favorite foods, I might mention the burrata at Trattoria Lincoln uh i couldn't i can't read this in astoria or the steak at peter luger's in brooklyn or hell the shorty italian hoagie at wawa off conchahawken state road but all these specific answers would be laughable to sixers adam whose perspective on the best foods refuses to look further (laughs) beyond the horizon of chicken apples and potato chips (laughs) So, So those picks of mine are obviously out, as well as anything that could be described as more as a dish than a base food item. The lone exceptions allowed by Sixers Adam in this respect are for very basic, broad, universal meal dishes like pizza, number eight on his list, dessert varieties like black and white cookies, number four, or brand name snacks like Twizzlers. Or indeed cheese whales. Thus, thus, for instance, despite my many favorite meals being pasta based, no pasta is included on my list. Because for inclusion here, it would have to be simplified to only pasta or spaghetti, or maybe just noodles. Which on its own is not that exciting for me. <laughs> So I guess, so I had picked out some of my favorites and A.U.'s reasoning. Do you just want the list as a whole or do you want the favorites with his, his commentary?
1: Uh, give me your favorites. I'll read okay. them
0: at my own time. So number 19, Raisinettes. mm the best movie theater candy, followed closely by Reese's Pieces, but raisinettes are more of an all-the-way-through delight. The best way to eat them, of course, is to let the outer core of the chocolate melt in your mouth and chew up the now-modestly chocolate-coated raisins afterwards. But every so often, mix in a handful that you just eat it all at once. Uh, I think raisinettes are fucking terrible. And wait, the, I,
1: wait the, 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 I'm looking at it right now. Every so often, mix in a handful that you just eat all at once to keep yourself and the raisinettes honest, as if, the, <laughs> as if there's a defense. I really like this. This is a great thing to say. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean. Got to keep honest. Got to let yeah. that
1: three. Even if it beats nine in threes, sometimes you got to just have them shoot it.
0: So number 18 was what my wife texted me about. Just for sort of outraged, she was like, Who are these people doing the food lists? What the fuck is vegetarian duck? It's admittedly. Uh It's admittedly, I feel like I'm missing a word here, to have vegetarian duck on a list that does not include non-vegetarian duck, since if you gave me the choice of the two with an average rice or noodle dish, I would usually choose the meat version. But what the meatless version accomplishes is more impressive, a vegetarian protein that is in most cases a totally acceptable and delicious alternative to meat. Given how thankful I am for its existence every year when I spend a month eating half vegan while my girlfriend does Greek Orthodox Lent, it feels right to include it here. Wow. Vegetarian dyke, duck is one of the 20 best foods in America for a non-vegetarian person.
1: <laughs> 18. Vegetarian duck at 18.
0: It's wild. Um, number nine. Um, oh, by the way, shout out to Underground Arts. They did a... Um, they're going to do, I talked to Rich yesterday. I stopped by there yesterday. Um, they were doing a pop-up like, uh, like food pickup from their, uh, their chef, Jen to help pay their, you know, their bartenders and, and stuff like that. And they had a, a vegetarian and a vegan Thai chili wings. And a uh, some tacos that were awesome, and they're going to do special food things all summer long. So yeah. that's awesome. I don't know if I'm So number nine, squid. God, I love squid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most often you'll get it as calamari, breaded and fried, and lemon and and cannonballed into bloody pulpy marinara, and that's of course great. But all forms of squid are tight chilled and springy in a salad, char-grilled and naked on its own. I don't know, fucking top your hot dogs with it if you want, that'll work too. That elastic, chewy texture takes me a minute to eat a piece of squid just because the process of biting into it is so much fun.
1: (laughs) I feel like listeners are throwing up right now.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's when we get to, you know, I am vegan, but I have not always been. It's only been like a, a year or so, so I have eaten all of these things. Number seven, oysters. I will say oysters are the worst food I've ever eaten. Oh, I like an oyster.
1: I really so like eating, an oyster. What a treat.
0: I'm eating oysters with a friend of mine named uh, Paul Conroy. And Paul goes, I think it was before a concert once, he was like, ah, just put a bunch of like cocktail sauce on it. And I was like, fuck off. I could put cocktail sauce in something that doesn't taste like shit. Why, like, why do I need to drown it in cocktail sauce to eat it?
1: I like, I like oysters in any experience little mm-hmm. lemon little cocktail sauce a lot of cocktail sauce nothing at all it's it's always good it goes down so smooth I was I was about to make fun of uh, uh him saying uh, as a benefit squid uh, the that elastic chewy texture doesn't sound mm-hmm. super edible uh, so much as it sounds like play-doh um, but although I was oysters being uh, slimy and wriggling their way down my throat doesn't does, does, it does sound good to me I still like it
0: it's fucking disgusting. i mean into um, Yeah. Uh, slimy yet satisfying, he describes them. Mm-hmm. Even better than squid. The the food I would probably most get excited to go out for. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, um, I have I, a I, I, I like sex, I like sex. Tell, tell me about sex.
0: Ugh, ham. Ham. <laughs> Bacon gets all the publicity, but if you're gonna prepare just one more pork product, one meat of any kind for a meal, and that's gotta be the whole meal. Ham is the way to go. Absolutely. One day our country will get up the nerve to do the right thing and just agree to stop the charade of pretending that turkey is the best choice for Thanksgiving meat. We'll, hang on. we'll always have ham and instantly agree that it's the better option, and then it's Ham-skiving uh, every November for the rest of our lives. I don't, I, I, even, even in my meat-eating days, I did not like ham or turkey.
1: Love so. a ham, love a deli ham big big deli meat guy and I'm constantly upset that LA has no just regular deli situations it's very upsetting to me because when I'm home there's just drawers filled with deli meat somehow always fresh it's the best thing my parents do is have deli meat on hand and here there's just like I have to get like you know packaged shit it's bullshit Um, I love a ham love ham in deli or other forms um, I agree that there's about, it's not, we're kind of past it, but there was like a, what? A, a time in, from like 2012 to 2015 when just like saying bacon was like a joke and like laughing about how much you like bacon was like the cool thing. Yeah. Very, very bizarre time. I like bacon for sure, but that honestly did as much to turn me off of it as like pito would. Um, I like a turkey bacon also. Turkey bacon's very good. Uh, but yeah, ham, come on. AU, hey, all the way. And then number one, face.
0: A shot to our face. Cheese. Yep, cheese. Cheese is the best food. It is the start and end and of any meal worth having. Before there was the Beatles, there was cheese. Sometimes you eat other foods and think, hmm, this is a good food, and then you eat cheese. And before your brain can even process how obviously the best food it is, your mouth reflexively lets out a big old kill-a-cow yell of, and it ain't too. <laughs> cheese... Cheese is the best food.
1: Right in her, right in our fucking faces, Mike. Yeah. You gonna let them do that, Tess?
0: Well, I mean, look, cheese is good. Um is. I may have my my scientific and moral objections to it, but I would be fucking crazy to tell you that cheese does not taste awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, I have to say, once in a while I'll I'll you know, we try to be Gluten free, dairy free, and soy free for some allergy and just like feel good reasons. Because mm-hmm. um, my body generally doesn't doesn't take it well. Um, but in quarantine, when I have nowhere to be and no one to be around, kind of le- loosen the reins on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had uh, a, <laughs> a chicken quesadilla with sour cream the other night. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's
0: that's breaking all the rules. Yeah,
1: I know, and I immediately, and Alyssa was like, "I don't think this is a good idea. I think this, is, I think you're gonna regret this." And I was like, "What the? F-? Who gives a shit? Whatever." It's fine, and like it just felt like shit. It was just awful, just laying in my own filth, um, but it was good. it is good
0: um, I feel like we should bounce to a mailbag question and then bounce back to relationship advice. okay. does that make sense to you? I, I just I feel like we could get into a, a a quick sixers thing and then get to relationship quick advice.
1: sixers barely yeah. sixers,
0: yeah. The rice, uh, So our mailbag, the Lorenzo Brown mailbag, you can send us uh, mailbag questions. We want 50% Sixers, 50% uh, non-basketball. That is right, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Steph. Uh, Hey, Spike and Mike, it's ridiculous how the pod is making quarantine more bearable. Thank you for keeping it up. With reports that the NBA could be... This obviously came a a couple of weeks ago. With reports the NBA could be back by the end of July, I started thinking about a potential playoffs where I realized that logically the Sixers are not good enough to win the finals this season. Illogically, wouldn't it make the most sense that the Sixers would win during a shortened pandemic season where they would celebrate with no fans in the stands and there could be no parade? Listening? It would be... Yep, it would be such a Sixers thing to win the championship when fans can't fully enjoy it. Does my rationale hold up? I think without question, right?
1: It's the most foolproof rationale I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It is yeah. the Sixers will do Either one of two things they will Either lose to the Kings in whatever pool play we're gonna be doing um, mm-hmm. Or they will rampage their way to uh, could you even call it the finals um, of whatever this version is? And Philadelphia will tear itself apart, breaking quarantine to celebrate.
0: Yeah, I, I I think we have to be prepared for either extreme disappointment or elation with whatever happens. We guys. won the and
1: Yahoo Championship and that in itself is sort of like canon as as what happened first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like, you know, I'm abandoning this joke. Um, and We can easily write it off no matter what if they win We're the most impressive ever if the team ever if they they lose Doesn't even count shouldn't even count it shouldn't even start the season back up
0: Yeah, I I would agree with you. I I think like um, and, And no matter what happens it'll be infuriating even if they win the championship like I can I can promise you until the very end It'll be infuriating the truest brand Yep. Steph says that. Shout out to my sister Laura for turning me onto the pod. P.S. Spike and Sync will always be better than Backstreet Boys. Um, I that is a, a take that uh, an opinion that I am far too um, I've had far too many times. Yeah, you're I'm you're entrenched intran-
1: you're that. entrenched in yours. Most people do think Sync is better. You're on the you're on the ledge for Backstreet Boys.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not saying
1: you're wrong. Uh, I'm just saying yeah. you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, the facts, I mean, if, if we wanna be a fact-based podcast, um, the, facts, the facts go toward Backstreet Boys, and so. This comes from Adrian, and then we'll dip back into uh, the um, relationship advice. Hi, Spike and Mike, I'm the guy that emailed the eight levels of sports team enjoyment, which you read on the pod about a year ago, mm. which is a, a really good, thoughtful uh, thing, I think, that we reference and still don't have. I have another thing for you guys to consider. Here it goes. 25 years ago, my dad introduced me to his rules for what a team should not do in regard to signing players. This was for a different sport. It was rugby in Australia, which is not popular in the USA. Also, in rugby league, there's not a trade system, which makes it harder to transfer the rules to the NBA. There were four rules, and I swear to these rules to this day. Teams break these rules all the time, and it almost always works out badly for the team. Rule number one: never sign an old player to a long contract. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hard and fast. How often? It never works, uh, you know. And in the NBA, I think you would have to say long is three years plus, right? So, Probably. Yeah.
1: Even even three is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, three years and over. So yeah. not, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we broke that one this year. A two. Never sign a player unless you know what that player's best position is, and you're going to play them at that position. It's
1: a great, a great rule. A fantastic yeah. rule.
0: And I believe that I would say that this year the Sixers signed two, um, that we know that Horford's best position is center, and Tobias Harris's best position is power forward. <laughs> and, we broke those okay um three never sign a player who was a has been a troublemaker on another team i don't know that i agree with this one um yeah i think there are situations in which you can do this um i don't think the sixers, sixers actually have that situation currently but they also didn't do it so but I, I i'm with you i think there's the rodman example you know obviously uh there's a zach randolph example mm-hmm. um it it doesn't mean that it I would say that most times it probably doesn't work out. But, um, but most but times I,
1: most things don't work out, you know?
0: That's an incredible point. In life, no. In
1: basketball especially, you know, only one, only like maximum three teams are going to have like genuine success that they feel is like, or like they had a good season. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like there's yeah, some yeah. things that expect expected.
1: Sure. Like if Milwaukee lost in the conference finals, they'd be like, bad season. We didn't do it. You know? Right. And so there's some teams that would take that as like a win and some teams that would take that would be feel like they came up short. So I think most th- most things just don't work. But as far as signing a troublemaker, I think like, you know, it depends on which stage of their career they're at, like how young they were, what a situation, like the context of it all. I think that players can be branded that. I mean like Marcus Smart is a guy that like, you know, earlier in his career had like some red flags of like you know, bothering teammates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously even like better players, is like, you know, non non like super role player types like, you know, Jordan is was an asshole. Kobe's an asshole like these guys that are like what do you what do you describe troublemaker as? And I think there could be a lot of vague and like uh, narrative driven crap with that. So I, I would I would take that away.
0: The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Um, my wife is uh, away from home this weekend, so it's just me and the dog. And um, I was sending uh, text messages to Amos last night, and I kept sending him pictures of my dog. And he said, for your, um, for your well-being, I hope the dog lives till 40. Um, <laughs> because because of my obsession with the dog. But I feel yeah. like th- this is how people this is how people think about their dogs, you know? Um and in, you know, this has been a, a really fucked up three months um for just about everybody. How much and, would you pay
1: to be able to <laughs> have your dog talk back to you?
0: Oh, so uh Val has talked about this before. I don't want him to talk back, right? Wow. Like I so we, we are at different sides, my wife and I on this. I'm curious to see where you stand. I am of the belief that part of the reason that my dog provides so much emotional support to me, and I realized that yesterday as I was looking at him and just like at the end of just a, a traumatic day for for you, me, and every, the nation, um, that I had him there. And I think part of the reason why he is so comforting to me is that he doesn't say a word. I don't. You ever know who was I talking to about this? The thing about asking when you're having an issue, right, a problem, the thing about asking one of your parents or telling one of your parents is that they are too much on your side, so you don't even believe them sometimes. Um, the thing about my dog is that because he doesn't say anything, it's almost like perfect. I can just talk to him; he loves me, and he moves on. You, do you want your? Do you want? Would you want Donovan to talk? Um. If
1: would it be like a magic talk? Would it be like, hey, this this dog can talk? Holy shit! Like, or would it be all dogs can talk? I think that's the difference. If it's if it's a normal uh, thing, you're, I think you're presenting it like, like it's like it's a normal thing, right? Or if yeah. it's Wilford, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I'd like him to be able to say things when he really has to. <laughs> but if what what if the thing that he was saying was, "Get me a better bed," is how I was going to tie it together.
0: <laughs> That's a a good thing, and chances are, if you just bought a bed on the internet that isn't a big barker or a pet store, like, chances are your dog would say that, would wake up in the morning and go, hey, like, you know why I get up super early and want to go and pee? Because this bed is fucking uncomfortable. Now, Rebel does not have that excuse and he still does it, so I don't know. Sure. We've had a bunch of new process pups during the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the quarantine, uh, Jasper and Lucy, Shadow, Elsa, Henry Sims, uh, Sir Charles Barkley, Lexi. We keep going name
1: their dog, Henry Sims.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. So he was trying to name the, the dog, uh, a Sixers name and his wife, who is a Cavs fan, kept shooting down the names. But Henry Sims uh, was on the calves, right? That's true. Ended up on the
1: yes. That's true. You could, could also have done Spencer Hawes. <laughs> could
0: have uh, Professor Henry Sims Higgins. Uh, so That's nice. look. Get get your dog a big barker. It is um, the reason we say it and the reason we suggest it is because it is a, a a good supportive bed that is gonna last you a long time. And if you go to big slash ricky, that is bigbarker.com slash ricky, you can get the uh, the big barker with the process pup. Patch. You get two patches, and you put it on yourself, whether you want it on there or not. Really cool logo, designed by our dude uh, Tanner. And this, these beds, all all size. Even though it's called Big Barker, is uh, they've they've made it so it supports the dog's joints, so the joints, feel, so the, the dogs feel better when they wake up in the morning. Ten year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten, or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. If you don't like it, your dog doesn't like it. Uh, If your dog does talk and is like, you know, I wanted the big Barker, but I'd really have that, rather have that piece of shit I used to sleep on, uh, they will not only refund your money, but they will pay for the shipping to send it back. Um, Made right here in the uh, Delaware Valley. Big Barker dog beds. I can talk. (laughs) Back to the Ricky. Uh, And the fourth rule is specific to positions in rugby league and how much you should pay each position. It's not relevant. Uh, to the NBA, but you
1: could, but you could apply it to like center, you know, in the NBA. Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If you don't have a top three center in the league, you probably are. The difference between having a like a a fourth, you're the fourth best center and the eighteenth best center is like not that much. Sure. Because um, you can just get those guys for, for relatively cheap backup centers. You would think you would think backup centers would be cheap, easy to find. Uh, the Sixers have not been cheap uh, this year, and in, in the past year was not easy to find. So. Greg Monroe started a playoff game. Um, should be easier.
0: Um, and he says uh, if you could give the Sixers front office any rule of these rules that they couldn't break in regard to signing or trading players, what rule would you give them? Oh, he said different to the rules above.
1: Yeah, definitely one and two. Our fifth if feel good yeah. about one and two. Um, there might be. Now, look, I. We had Anna Horford on our podcast. She's uh, very interesting, and I had a really great time talking to her. And then uh, Alyssa and Taylor had Anna Horford on Table Flipping to talk about the Kardashians, uh, which was also great. Um, Anna did tweet uh, how much she missed Boston. She's done
0: it so many times. She's done it a, little, a lot,
1: and she's yeah. well within her rights to do that. But it did uh, you know, cause, cause a stir, as it is wont to do. Um, And I think that the as much as she is, you know, leading with her, how she feels her emotion in that sense, which is things were better in Boston. And I I understand why she'd want things to be better there for Al. Um, The Sixers led with their emotion and when they signed Horford. And I think maybe leading with emotion um, is even though I do it on this podcast, a, a mistake for teams to do it generally for giving out big contracts like that. I think that they were excited to take someone away from Boston and feel like they got somebody back for the, you know, for for both the um, Markel fault stuff and the uh, even kind of getting getting one over on on them with forcing them to pay up for Matisse and trade up for him because they telegraphed it. And so I think that they were like, we're going to we're tired of this narrative that Boston like has our like gets our goat, so we're gonna take their guy and give him another year and he's gonna be ours and now he's not, a, and he can't cover and beat and so two birds with one stone, like we're great. Um, and I think that they led with emotion and and avoided the rule of, the very good rule, two of them, don't sign an old player to a long contract and uh, don't sign a player unless you know position he's gonna play. So I would say, I would add don't lead with emotion. What would you add, yeah. Spike?
0: Hmm sleep on it (laughs) yeah like whatever trade you're gonna do sleep on it like i i i get the sense that most of their errors has have come from the idea that they think there's not going to be any other option and sometimes the best option is to not do anything and um like every one of their deals over the last few times seems like a, over the last couple of years, seems like a, oh, but what happens if we don't get them? Like from the Tobias Harris trade to the the Butler trade, which I actually, I hated, but, but could find a way to defend, to even the Thibel trade. Like they all seem like, oh no, what's going to happen if we don't do this? And uh, I, the Horford signing. I, I just think there's a lot of errors that are that that are like a misappropriation of risk. They, they just don't understand risk and they end up doing something because they think nothing else will happen afterwards. Yeah um, so um, that I, I don't know that that's a rule but that, that seems like what they've fallen into. Uh, let's do a little Brian Colangelo relationship advice.
1: open.
0: Just to shine light. on the right after the two-year anniversary of the brian colangelo twitter saga the music brought to us of course by eliza hardy jones um you can send us relationship advice questions to rights sanchez at gmail.com um this comes both fake names. I've two two emails here. First comes from Randy. Hey guys, quick update from the last time I talked to you. My girlfriend still has a TB12 lip tattoo, but I've learned oh to no. live with it as oh well. No. <laughs> do you remember this? Yes um, but I've learned to live with it as we're closing in on two years. This past year has been a big step in our relationship uh, was taken one night as she turned to me and said she wants us to be considered quote a sixers couple. We went to the Knicks and Nets game this year over MLK weekend together, but I'm not sure what it fully means to be considered a, quote, Sixers couple. It would be great if you could help define that for us. Also, after having a few quarantine drinks today, I purchased a Takembe Matumbo Sixers jersey, which she was in full support of. Um, boy, do you really want to be a Sixers couple, I think is the real question.
1: Yeah, dang, potentially dangerous. Yeah. I wonder what the TB12 tattoo is feeling about uh, Tampa Bay yeah um
0: maybe another tattoo
1: a sixers couple is is I, I there's so much that goes into it. You can be like a you know if you want to be like a prominent sixers couple like seen at the games or on at Ricky events or whatever, like being like a being that couple, that's one thing, but if you're being like, hey, I, we identify as a sixers couple, that seems to indicate more volatility than I think maybe you want to
0: right. Um, I I agree. And I don't know, like can you, is is there like a middle ground where you can just like sort of enjoy the Sixers together without being a Sixers couple? <laughs> and I, you know, I I don't know. I would I would recommend that. That would be my that would be my recommendation. Me as well. And this comes from Eric. Hey Spike and Mike, can you give some questions to ask ourselves if we're complica- if we're contemplating whether we're interested in him or her Or if we're just sad and lonely in quarantine, Um, I would assume this is somebody who is talking to somebody else who is not there um, and is like is sort of convincing themselves that they are actually into somebody or if they're just sort of um, sad and lonely. And
1: I think that in these circumstances, it doesn't matter. Just go live it out live out Mm -hmm. some weird uh, fantasy of pretending you're into somebody, and then when someday when this is all over or before then, just be like, oh, it turns out I wasn't. I think it's okay to get yourself into some some, uh, remote trouble.
0: I would agree. Um, I would say that, like, hey, look, we're all doing what we can do to pass the time and get through this, and as long as at the end of it you can look at yourself and say, hey, that time was that time, and I'm going to figure out now for now, I think it's fine. Just don't make any dumb decisions during it. That's like, right. You know, if you haven't met him in person, don't call Lee. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think. But if talking to somebody makes you, look, m- maybe you will discover somebody that you wouldn't have discovered normally yeah. because, because of this. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's one more uh, question here from the mailbag. Uh, I like this one. This comes from David. I uh, would love uh, for Spike and Mike to pontificate slash theorize on how or Al Horford is spending his time during the shutdown. That's a combo basketball, non-basketball question. Um, and a follow-up, if Al Horford makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, does he cut off the crust? And does he set, cut said peanut butter and jelly sandwich into two rectangles, two triangles, or leave it as a square and why?
1: Yes, he cuts off the crust. Yes, he cuts into, into two triangles. Um, I think it's pretty clear. And I think that Al Horford in quarantine, my guess is that he's up for an average of two hours per day. And the rest he's just uh, in some sort of like uh, robotic hibernation state where he's just sort of like shut down and sort of standing there. His eyes are probably open and just sort of just ready to just refueling.
0: Yeah. And and the the two hours is probably some family time, right? He's family time, maybe a book. And then
1: obviously the cutting off the crust.
0: Wait, you know, as I've never been a crust cutter offer, but I remember when I was a child, I was so disappointed that my mom cut the sandwich into two rectangles rather than two triangles as two triangles just seems like, like the, the, the totally superior way to cut a sandwich.
1: Yeah. And it's, right? and it's, it's like, it's both fancy and more entertaining to eat. There's different, yep. whereas the, the, the straight up rectangles that feels, that feels like a sad sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. And it's four corners rather than three. I don't know. I just the the corners are less pointy. You end up with two round corners. Yeah. Just it's fucking it's on each side. Come on. Uh all right. Well, by the end of the month, we're going to work on the uh the the release of Brotherly Love in uh in document format for charity um with art provided by Abby. She doesn't even know that. She's finding this out now. <laughs> um, she did great art of uh, the cantaloupe versus cheese for the uh, for the feature image this week. She's I'm excited great. To I'm excited to release it. She is. She's very great. She's. Uh, I always get the same text from her the day before the podcast. What's up for this week, boss? And my response is always, I have no idea, Abby. <laughs> Legitimately, no idea. So, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday as we podcast through this um, next two more months without basketball. So very wow. exciting.
1: Yeah, we could probably Keeps do coming. just like two pages at a time of my script if we were reading it. But yeah, we don't need or to not. we don't need to stretch it out like that. We got material no. for days.
0: Yep, days and days, podcasts and podcasts. All right, we'll talk to you in uh, the middle of this week. Are you done with TTP?
1: Yeah, you know, lick face.
0: If you don't fuck with me,
1: then I won't fuck with you. If you if don't, don't
0: fuck, fuck with me, me, then I won't fuck with you. With you? <laughs> If you don't fuck with me, then I won't won't fuck fuck with you. you. If you don't fuck with me,
1: then Then I I won't won't fuck fuck with you. you.
0: But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you!